0: We're unabashedly obsessed, we've got to get it off our chest. please sit there and be quiet. Hey everyone. Hello! Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Erin. And this is a show where we uh, usually take a topic um, that can either be pop culture
1: or not-so-pop culture.
0: Often not so pop After culture. Often not
1: so pop culture.
0: And then we sort of just talk about it and sort of see where the conversation takes us. Yeah. Um, this week we're sort of doing a little something different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we've had a string of sort of a series of bad luck, uh, a
1: series of unfortunate events. We're
0: talking about a series of unfortunate events. No, we're I, not. Have, no, we're I not. have not read or seen. <laughs> I've, I saw the movie with my sister because that was right. That was right yeah. down the line of when that was when it was. I think Lisa and I went to go see that with her. Weird.
1: Huh. I am vaguely interested in checking out the new Netflix series, Mm -hmm. because Neil Patrick Harris...
0: Yeah, and it's supposed to be really good.
1: But beyond Neil Neil Patrick Harris, I don't really have an interest in watching it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll wait until until you watch it and tell me if I should watch it.
0: Alright, well you might be waiting a bit. That's fine. We're not going to be talking about a series of unfortunate events. We've had some audio issues.
1: Yeah, we have. Apparently... The issues we've been having is a very common problem in Audacity, but we chalked it up to lots of new equipment. Right. We had gotten a mixer board and some microphones and cables that used to be my brother's. All of this used to be my brother's. The mixer board worked great when Kevin and I tested it once and then it died. Right. So we got a new mixer board and we recorded an episode that was so staticky we couldn't use it. Yes. And we thought, well, maybe the mic cables were loose. So we recorded another episode that was so staticky that we couldn't use it. So we thought, well, maybe the microphone cables are bad. Right. And so we got some new microphone cables and recorded another episode that was so staticky that we couldn't use it. (laughs) So we thought maybe it was the microphones. Right. Then we recorded another episode using good old Blue Snowball, and it was so staticky that we couldn't use it. (laughs) And it turns out that and all of the static starts like five minutes in. Yeah. And Kevin did some Googling, and apparently this is not an uncommon... Issue and Audacity, and Tommy and Mike had the same problem on Court Appointed.
0: I wonder if I've never encountered this, because on my other show, I don't do much long... Yeah, I wouldn't do, like, a five-minute intro.
1: Yeah, I wonder.
0: I wonder if I've never... Because I was just thinking, that's never happened to me. I'm like, how, have you talked for five minutes straight?
1: Well, yeah, I was thinking... Or, like, I know, ten I was, minutes straight? Like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing to myself. I'm like, how has James never had this problem?
0: Yeah. I've been, Yeah, I was like, I've been doing this for seven years. If we have this problem years. with this
1: episode, I swear to God.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, the plan for today is we're going to go back to the beginning. Yes. The very, before the beginning.
1: Before the beginning.
0: And we're going to talk for 10 minutes, and we're going to be possibly slightly more strict about these 10 minutes than we normally are about anything having to do with time other than time travel.
1: Right. About Which we're also, well, no, we're pretty strict about time travel. We have have rules.
0: One of the, number one, we are not a time travel podcast. We
1: are not a time travel podcast.
0: Yep. Number two, time travel is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: okay, so um, I'm gonna so the first so we're gonna the first topic is a topic that was in what I like to think of as the pilot episode of our of our <laughs> show. Um, it's the episode that I'm never going to finish editing, yeah. and what I'm excited about is that you are not going to be nervous one little bit.
1: Yeah, because I was like I was nervous during that. Yeah. Well, I was nervous during our first few because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. And yeah. it's really obvious if you go back and listen to the Zombies episode. Yeah. But but yeah. now, not. Now I'm not. I'm very comfortable both in front of the mm. microphone and also editing my own voice. Yeah. Like, any of that, like, I sound so weird in recordings thing goes right out the window about three episodes in. Yep.
0: And and that's one of my favorite things about podcasting is that I do not even care about. Like, that that, that girl, Jacqueline, mm-hmm. was like, Hey, we want someone to do voices for our podcast. I was like, me. Yep. (laughs) And apparently,
1: I get to play myself. Nice.
0: (laughs) Now we we begin the petition to get her to change the name of the character to (laughs) Erin.
1: No, no. Office style. Let Let's let's just oh oh like how they all got it. Okay.
0: All right. So um, the first topic, and I'm really excited to have this be the first topic, just because it still is so weird. And I'm going to hit the timer. It was. Uh, Yesterday, it would have been Kurt Cobain's 50th birthday.
1: And that was the topic of our very first lost episode was, yesterday would have been Kurt Cobain's, whatever number you just said, birthday.
0: 50? 50 fell right out of your head? Yep. (laughs) No, our first topic was, Aaron randomly likes Nirvana now. Uh, Apparently. So, how's that going?
1: I I mean, I don't listen to it on the regular, but... When I made you that soundtrack for Perks of Being, the Wall, Being a Wallflower, yes. the book, yes. back in high school, mm-hmm. Smells Like Teen Spirit was on it. Yes. And that was the first time I'd ever heard Nirvana.
0: That's true was, for almost everyone. Well, but yeah. I mean,
1: like, way after I no, should have sure. heard Nirvana, Nirvana?
0: Novana is Way is after is I should have
1: heard Nirvana, <laughs> I got on Napster and I downloaded Smells Like Teen Spirit so yep. that I could, Teen Spirit, I did the same thing in that episode. It kept sounding like I was saying *Teen Spirit. Right,
0: which is, what it... Right.
1: Teen-na-na. Right. Teen-na spirit. Right. I downloaded it and luckily Napster did not steer me wrong. Right. It actually gave me the song that I was attempting to download.
0: Um, it steered you wrong on, I think, only one song. Oh, on there's, that? There's one song that isn't by who oh. it should be by. Yeah, I don't remember which one it is.
1: Oh, interesting. I don't think I knew that. I, I th- think the- I think I thought oh. I got it Right.
0: I will have to go back and listen. I I, I I think I have it now labeled as not the whatever the artist is.
1: Interesting. Cuz I can't
0: figure out who it is, but um okay. I think it might be asleep. It's
1: oh, it's pop- not a Smiths It is a Smiths, Smith's song. Ver- I know, but it's not the Smiths version. I don't
0: think so. It's either that the or no, 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 it's the Genesis song. You got the um you got a different version of of the Gen- like oh, a okay. different like you got like a, a remix version or something. Oh, okay. Anyways, it's not important, but when when I when I ripped that tape, no, when I ripped that CD, to whatever I was doing something, yeah. I like looked up all the things, and I was like, "Are these all the same? Are these all right?" Yeah. and like that was, yeah,
1: for, for for eighteen year old Aaron using Napster. I mean, they were right. You
0: and 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 that was a time. And we actually talked.
1: Yeah, we've talked is, about this. We
0: talked about it on the last, on this last episode.
1: Did we now? Yeah.
0: Um. I'm sure that it, it was via Perks.
1: Probably. Um,
0: but, but at the time, Napster you know, was just a no man's land that yeah, for, for did a, the best you could. Yeah, for a really long time,
1: could. I, quote, only listened to Me First in the Gimme gimmies because that's what all of my punk music was labeled as. Right,
0: anything punk cover was just labeled as Me First in the Gimme yeah. 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 So, you, got, you first heard them on that. Yes. And then they came up on Pandora? I think, I think we was... said it was Come As You Are?
1: Yes, it was. It was Come yeah. As You Are. And I was like, this sounds familiar. Yeah. Why do I recognize this voice? Yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's Nirvana. And I told James, apparently I like Nirvana. And so you burned me a copy of... Nevermind. Nevermind. Yeah. And I listened to it. And I liked all but that one weird screamy one, which is exactly what you anticipated. I,
0: I, the one time... I, when When we started this podcast, I was like... I was batting a thousand for predicting what Aaron would like and where she would not like. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Territorial Pissings was the song that Aaron did not care for. Um, Breed probably also... You you might think of that... You, in your brain, I, I wonder if you have conflated them into the same song. There's, it's entirely possible. There's, an, there's another song that is the same thing.
1: Because like most of my s- music these days, I listened to the thing like once or twice yeah. and have not listened to it since then. That's fine. Um,
0: yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. And if... I've I've basically I've never heard anyone other than in my own head, anyone being like, you know what songs I like on on Nevermind? Those two, I like those songs on 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 the on on Nevermind. But uh, there's certainly better written, more Beatles influenced stuff on that album yeah. than those two. So, yeah. I think that I think that I wonder if what you're keying in on is that is that sort of is Kurt Cobain trying to be sort of John Lennony? It's possible that that way. I
1: don't know that I would have picked up on it as being a thing that I was clued yeah. into, but
0: but you know we I I feel like we like music because it reminds us of other music often, or because it reminds us. I think the two ways we we get into music, in general, are it reminds us of something we like, or it is an act of subversion against something we either like or don't like. Like right. it's either like oh this reminds me of this or whoa, this is so different than this. But look, it's sort of it's sort of like n- actively not being that. Right. So that's, that's that's a theory I just came up with just right now. Good job. That's, that's a hot take. Great job. Thank you. you. I
1: have nothing else to say about Nirvana. Let
0: me think about if, if I have anything to say about Nirvana. You have Nirvana.
1: about four and a half minutes to think about Nirvana.
0: I think... Let's see, how did I get into Nirvana? Into Nirvana? Probably, I don't know, it was just sort of like... I I heard them enough on the radio and I saw them enough on MTV that I was just like, I guess I'll buy this. It was sort of like, it was sort of like a mandatory album at that point. Yeah.
1: When they were popular, I was mostly still listening to Oldies 100 Mm -hmm. and Ace of Bass. Yeah. Like my cassette tape of The Sign. Sure. Because that was my first non-Oldies 100 album that I ever purchased.
0: Not a bad purchase. It's not a bad one. Yeah.
1: Um... The Newsy soundtrack of was course. my second, um, unparent sanctioned, not that my parents had any issue with me buying it, yeah. but, um, and then I pretty much immediately went into country music and then Backstreet Boys. So yeah. I missed, like, none of those have any overlap with Nirvana. Yeah. Like, none of the stations that I would have been listening to for any of those genres right. would have... Because also Oldies
0: One Hundred was an actual oldies station, it was actual, of the time, it was not like a classic and, rock.
1: No, it was like fifties and sixties. Yeah, it yeah. was, it
0: was actually, uh, it was one hundred point three. Yep. Um, WBIG. Yep. And actually, now you can hear Nirvana on the classic rock station. Sure, you can. Which is, I'm not like upset by it, but it is weird. Yes. Like it, it's, I'm like, I'm not like one of those people that's like, oh my god, come on, that's not classic rock because it's like, you know, like twenty five years become old. Become classic rock. It's yeah, it's twenty.
1: It is what Six the kid, years old. It's what yeah. the kids these days would consider classic rock. Exactly. Um, and N- I, they would mostly have played it on DC 101.
0: I, yeah, that, and that was mostly what I listened to. And
1: I, once I stopped listening to Oldies 100 and branched into other music, I mostly listened to uh, 92.5 yep. and 107.3. And 98.7? 98.7 during my country phase, yeah. yes.
0: You know what's interesting to me? I don't know that you would have gotten into Newfound Glory if you hadn't gotten into Backstreet Boys. Okay. I think that that, I, 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 like, thinking about your trajectory of, like, oldies, country, Backstreet Boys bringing you back to, like, because, I mean, to, let's like, face it.
1: More New, mainstream music? Yeah,
0: Newfound Glory is, like, instrumentation and, like, harmonies and maybe like improve jordan there there are pop punk singers that have as good of voices as the backstreet boys like oh yeah and like will do harmonies like i mean like you could find i mean like 5 seconds of summer aside you could right. find pop punk bands that you're like this is just instrumentation away from right. from boy bands yeah um and i and like i wonder if like bringing you back to like a mainstream sort of pop area Allowed you to because if like it's you don't find many people that are like you know what I like I mean and there certainly are some but like you know what I like Tim McGraw Kenny Chesney and Newfound Glory like
1: I like one of those things Newfound Glory yes yes got it it's interesting I tend to prefer, my country I tend to prefer um, female pop country
0: interesting like
1: Shania Leanne mm-hmm. um, you know like that that kind of genre. <clears throat> When I listen to the guys, yeah, I mean, it's real hit or miss. I love George Strait, mm-hmm. and he's, like, real country. Yeah, like but like, like real country. Like, he, his music is what you think of when you think of country music. He's, like, very yeah. cowboy, yeah, which I think is what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, like, they're fine. I don't tend to like the honky-tonk, mm-hmm. and they tend to be a little more... Or at least what I think of as Honky Tonk, yeah. which is more like guy country rock. Yeah. Like, George Strait is just country. Yeah. Like, there's no rock there. Yeah. He's just country.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like the Tim McGraws and Kenny Chesneys are, like, there's a bit of a rock-ness yeah. to it that, to me, lumps it in as Honky Tonk. Yeah. And that may just be because one of those guys did that song, Honky Tonk Woman.
0: Honky Tonk Woman is a Rolling Stones song?
1: maybe (laughs) there was there was some it's the one that gets Jake
0: in trouble in 1962
1: there's a yeah okay that's not the name of it then there's a country song that is honky tonk
0: yeah oh sure yeah um so that was Nirvana
1: (laughs) our next topic is books
0: Books. and I'd like to I'd like to lead the charge on this one Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um we talked about whatever books we like or whatever at the time yeah um so you and I have interacted with Loudon County Library on Twitter.
1: We have. Um, I do recently, they follow you?
0: They do not because oh, I'm not. quite am not, not as quite cool, quite as, as, cool as you. Um, although I do have <laughs> theories about who is Loudon County Library. Oh, really? Um, I think it might be my friend Lucy. She I works at Target. I, I'm. I'm. I. If she would know because she works at. I know her from Target, but she also works at the library. Okay. At the Russ Library. So I might ask her like. Who runs this? Um, so we saw... Now, follow me on this timeline. Okay. Did, did I see on Goodreads the concept of the blind date book thing and then post it and then you said that and then Loudoun County liked it? Is that something that you recall at all? Not even a little bit. Okay.
1: I don't doubt that it happened, but I don't recall it. What is the blind date so book say? So headcanon
0: for me is I saw something cool on Goodreads and I said, Erin, look at this. This is so cool. And you were like, hey, Loudoun County Library, you should do this.
1: The one I remember that happening, the one that I went that I started this whole me and Loudoun County Library following each other thing was something that I think I did see on Good like Goodreads posted it on Twitter and yeah. I shared it with the library because it was like a show up and read quietly oh, right. without like without any technology distractions. Like you can bring oh, an e reader, right. but like don't sh- like. Leave your phone in the car. Right. Show up, sit for an hour, and you were like, and log what you read, because I want to look at the list of like who read what.
0: Yes, that sounds that that's authentically me. That was not Yeah, Yeah, no. (laughs) So I'm still like, oh yeah, that guy has a good idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah,
0: because you would sign in with what you read. Oh yeah, that's such a great idea.
1: Yeah, I would enjoy that too.
0: Um so at some point, I swear I saw this in good reason, I swear that the blind
1: date book thing sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't remember.
0: It may have been that Loudoun County Library tweeted about it, and, and in some way it got back to me. Anyways, okay. it's this. So, what Erin is looking at is a picture of both Kristen and my book wrapped in, uh, Kristen and I each checked out a book from the library that is wrapped in brown paper with a vague description of it on the front. Okay. Mine is the one that, says, that starts with New York. or okay. th- Or Thieves yes so re- if you would read the vague description of the book that i that i got
1: it is fiction murder mystery new york state thieves quote breezy style entertaining dialogue and sharp one-liners end quote
0: yes so
1: <laughs> this is a book that you wrapped
0: no that was wrapped when i got to the library oh. and it has that th- so it's like take go on a blind date with a book is the is the thing And it's still, as far as I know, it's still at Rust Library. Oh my god! It's this display of all these things, and they keep changing them out and whatever. And so all you have to go on, I mean, if you're like me and you looked away when you put the RF scanner on so you wouldn't even see the title, um, that's probably ridiculous. But so Kristen only knew what the title was. She didn't know anything about it. She didn't know who the author was. She only knew, because when you check it out, it says you checked out this book.
1: Interesting.
0: This is that book and i'm reading it right now. Okay. And it is called and i'm really glad that i looked away when the when the scanner mm-hmm. did it because i'm so happy to have unwrapped this book called The Burglar Who Counted the Spoons
1: by Lawrence Block.
0: By Lawrence Block. It's, I had
1: even though i looked at that earlier i had completely forgotten that was the name.
0: You had Lawrence Blocked it out. Mm-hmm. It is a Bernie Rodenbar mystery. It's the 11th in a series. Oh. Um Mr. Block, if you are listening, I applaud you for your persistence. Um, that said, I'd also like to say that I understand that there are people that could be listening to our podcast that find it amateurish and laughable. All that said, holy crap, this book is amateurish and laughable.
1: Oh, really?
0: <laughs> like, um...
1: I mean, is it like...
0: It's... Well, first of all...
1: Is ch- it a Waxworks 2, or is it a Somewhere in Time? Mm. Or are you not far enough into note yet?
0: No, it's neither of those. Oh,
1: Um, So it's not kind of amateurish and laughable, but in a good way.
0: It's a self-published book. Okay. Which is fine. And like, this is Lawrence Block. He looks like he did did Shakespeare. Yeah. Or, um... He looks like he's
1: played King Lear.
0: Yeah. This book, I am uh, into chapter, uh, I just finished chapter five. I'm 23 pages in. Let me, may I read you a passage?
1: You may. In fact, I insist.
0: It's about a burglar, as the title implied.
1: Does uh, he count the spoons? Uh,
0: I, he hasn't gotten to any spoon counting just yet. Okay. Um, I'd forgotten that it said murder mystery on there, so I'm assuming there will be some sort of murder mystery. Okay. Um, Bernie Rodenbar is his name, he owns a bookshop, and he steals stuff. Okay. So
1: I need you to read it to me with no inflections indicating, like, will you be able to read this to me? There's this not- is a problem that I have when people try to read romance novels aloud, they usually, like, cheese it up.
0: I will not cheese this up. I will add Just, no cheese to this. Okay.
1: Just read it like you're reading any other book.
0: There will be no cheese that I will add <laughs> to this section. I like to that this you're
1: uh, specifying there.
0: For me, there will be none added. Okay. I'm not going to come around with the Parmesan and be like, do you want some extra?
1: The answer is always yes.
0: You, the answer is usually always yes, unless what you're eating is a block of cheese already.
1: And even then, it might be yes, depending mm, on the type of might cheese.
0: Might be. So I'm going to read you just this 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 paragraph. Okay. <clears throat> so he's casing uh, this museum that okay. he's going to run. One thing I'd determined on my earlier visit was the location of the restroom. I went there now, but instead of going in, I tried the unmarked door immediately opposite it, which opened onto a flight of descending stairs. I took a few hesitant steps and saw what I'd hoped to see, a labyrinth of tables and boxes and file cabinets. I saw, too, a young woman who grasped the situation at once. You're looking for the restroom, she said. You turned right right when you should have turned left. I'm sorry, I said. How foolish of me. It happens all the time, she said, and it's our fault for not marking the door. This door, I mean. The restroom door is already marked. There's a sign on it that says restroom. I guess it should have been obvious, I said, but I never saw it. I saw this door, and and it's unmarked, so you thought it was the room you were looking for and were simply being discreet. We really ought to hang a sign on this, on, the, on this door, don't you think? But what would it say? Hmm, how about not the restroom? Or maybe turn around. For God's sake, she was flirting with me, and let it be said, I with her. She was a pert and perky blonde with a nice mouth. And a pointed chin and her nerdy eyeglasses gave her the look of a hot librarian, which may well have been part of her job description. There's nothing wrong with flirting, but there's a time and a place for it, and this was neither. Well, I said, I'd better, uh... I turned and fled.
1: Are you going to finish this book?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Um, but I mean it's
1: a really thin book. It's like maybe a half inch thick.
0: That's what's getting me through.
1: Okay. <laughs> How big is the type? Not just like normal? not huge.
0: it's it's I think it might be smaller than normal eh.
1: chapter twenty one starts with you know what a spoon is, right? Oh
0: my God, so there are I'm, actual
1: spoons. there are actual there had to be spoons. You know what? I would have been pissed if there were not actual spoons.
0: I hope they're like heroin spoons or something.
1: I guess you'll find out. Around chapter 21.
0: Um, he starts off chapter, um, I want to say four.
1: What is the opening line of the book?
0: I, I'm going to read you the opening line of the book, but I'm okay. going to read you the opening line of chapter four first. Mm-hmm. The Galton Brook, that's the museum, was where I'd left it, which is always a comfort. This is dad joke central, Aaron. Yep. So it starts with, a, with a, an epigraph.
1: I don't need to hear that. We don't
0: need to hear that cuz I didn't understand it. You know how in Stephen King, he starts with epigraphs and like mm-hmm. you're like later you're like, "Oh, whoa. That seems like it was pertinent sometimes."
1: Assuming that you remember that there was an epigraph to begin with, which that I was, never do.
0: Halfway did. through my sentence, I realize that I'm that way. I'm like <laughs> I'm always like, "Oh yeah, Stephen King starts with an epigraph. Well, let's get into the story." Yep. <laughs> okay.
1: Can can I? May yeah. I?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want you to not read the first sentence. Read the first paragraph. Well, nope, that's it.
1: <laughs> I want to read it, though. All right. Okay. Around 11.15 on a Tuesday morning in May, I was perched on my stool behind the counter at Barnegat Books.
0: Pause it for a sec. I thought for a moment after that sentence that this was going to be from the perspective of a cat. Go ahead.
1: Okay. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that.
0: Men don't perch. I mean, like, humans <laughs> don't perch.
1: Right. I was reading Jubilat Agno by Christopher Smart, I probably butchered that, even as I was keeping a lazy eye on a slender young woman in jeans and sandals. Her khaki shirt had those little tabs to secure the sleeves when you rolled them up, and a scant inch of tattoo peeked out from under one rolled up sleeve. I couldn't make out the image, there wasn't enough showing, and I didn't bother to guess or to speculate on what hidden parts of her anatomy might sport further tattoos. I was paying more attention to the capacious tote bag hanging from her shoulder and the Frank Norris novel that had engaged her interest. And then the next paragraph talks about a cat.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I looked ahead or what, but I was like,
1: "Well, Barnagat?"
0: Yeah. Kind oh. of
1: sounds like barn cat. Yeah. And looks like barn cat. Yeah. And cat's perch.
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm not I loving any single part of this. I guess maybe, it was maybe cool. Loving the whole? Sorta like it's ne- In its
1: absurdity, it's
0: neither somewhere in time nor waxwork 2... It's more like an infomercial kinda where like yeah. if like if like there was an infomercial, um I'm gonna get this out of the way right now, hey, yeah. Aaron, want to write an infomercial,
1: yep, sure do,
0: where they were selling something, but they decided to take it in the format of a murder mystery for no reason whatsoever, but every time like they would like every time the product they were selling was. Used or or brought up, uh-huh. they would stop, hold it up to the camera, spotlight on them, and QVC stuff you would
1: smother a guy with a sham wow. Yes, this is a sh- this sham wow.
0: Boy, the sham wow really smothered that guy really well. Twenty nine ninety five plus shipping and. I
1: kind of want to watch that infomercial. <laughs> and by kind of, I mean I extremely super want to watch that infomercial. <laughs> What's our next topic? All right, let me just... I also want to... I, I want to do this mystery date book thing. Yeah. But also I don't trust myself to actually commit. I thought... To, to sitting through the whole date. I might have to phone a friend from the bathroom five minutes in.
0: Because <laughs> um, there was... I was reading uh, The Magical Worlds of Harry Potter, which is like... A, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Harry Potter refers to all this stuff. Well, what's the history of that stuff? And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to finish this super quick. Yeah. This book is super thin. I'm going to get it. Okay. That was that was my thought process. Okay. So next time, what did Kristen get? Um, it was a it was a um a book called Shiver. Okay. Which appears to be, um, like a cool thriller, emphasis on cool. About this lady who drives a snowplow, and like there's like this blizzard, and she drives it with her son, and all this stuff, which seems like I'm like, oh man, and then like, is there gonna be like a murder, or, like a killer, or fin- something?
1: Then she finds a. Uh, a famous author stranded on the side of the road and...
0: She's an umber one fan?
1: She's his umber one fan?
0: <laughs> um, no. She meets, like, a guy who's, like, rippling and stuff. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> well, I saw the the thing said it was, like, a romantic thriller.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, she was reading the synopsis and, and like, it was like, I was like, oh, man, this sounds great. Oh, this sounds really cool. I bet you're really gonna like... Oh. Yeah. So. Okay. Our next topic is Groundhog Day slash replay. Yes. So. Which
1: that's actually a good segue. Yeah. Because replay is a book.
0: Yes. Good. I like it. (laughs) So, for this episode, um, we were going to have it come out a couple days after Groundhog Day. And Aaron had never seen Groundhog Day before. I hadn't. Um,. But when I was describing, I mean, everyone sort I think everyone knows sort of the basic yeah. plot of what Groundhog Day is about. We were sort of talking about how that was similar to the book that we both read and loved called Replay. Yes. Um, that Erin actually read twice, uh, both times, thinking it was her first time reading it. Um, I loved
1: it both times. I mean,
0: it's a great book. Um, but the
1: second time through, I still had no, like, I was like, I feel like I've read this before, but I have no idea what's going to happen next, right up until the last word. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing.
0: And the last word is remember. And you're like, oh my god, I remember. <laughs> um, so Replay is a book about a guy who dies of a heart attack and then um, wakes up and he's himself at 18 again. Yes. And all of the same... His life is no different than it was when he was 18, but he has all the memories of the interceding, let's call it 36 years. Or yeah. Something. So the... The structure of the book is he lives his life, makes decisions whether to follow the path that he followed at the time right. or not, over and over again. Each time, waking up a little bit older. Yes. Um, and along the way, he finds and with
1: all of the same memories, with
0: all of the same memories, he he remembers he each remembers time he each did
1: quote replay. Right.
0: Um, and he, along the way, he finds someone else who is also replay, another yes. a woman who is also replay. Yes. And Groundhog Day, just as a quick synopsis, is about a weatherman. Who goes to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, to cover Punxsutawney Phil seeing his shadow and gets snowed in and,
1: and lives that day ad nauseum, right? For like a bajillion times. Yeah,
0: he. I don't remember. I, know, I should. That's some research I should have done. Is look up that that. Calculation. It was probably I, on rslash they did the math.
1: I, I think you said in that episode that somebody had yeah. figured out how many times he had to play through that day before, like, from start to finish.
0: Yeah, patch. based on, like, how long it takes to um, learn to play piano, like, professionally, and yeah. how long it takes to X, Y, and Z. Right. How many different ways he kill. He mentions that he tries to kill himself and all yeah. this stuff. Um, I think it c- turns out to be, like, 10,000 years or something oh, like that. yeah um, so yeah. So, and that's, and that has Bill Murray and Annie McDowell and Chris, uh, Elliot. Chris Elliot, um, who is the cameraman, um. Oh, yeah.
1: the guy, the guy from, uh, Home Alone.
0: Not, that's Daniel Stern. Oh. Common, oh. common mistake. Are they not
1: the same person? They are
0: not the same person. Oh. No. Chris Elliot was in, like, Cabin Boy and was on SNL. Daniel Stern was the voice of, Ke- of grown-up Kevin Arnold on The Wonder Years and was in Home Alone.
1: Out of everything you just mentioned, I have seen Home Alone and some episodes of SNL, but none with whatever his name is. Have you of. ever
0: seen The Wonder Years? No. Oh, okay. Um,
1: um, I mean, I probably caught, like, bits and pieces of episodes here and there, but it wasn't one that I ever watched. In
0: um the stereotypical way that a Wonder Years episode goes is stuff happens, stuff happens, stuff happens, voiceover says something like, I didn't know it at the time, Yeah. But that's Daniel Stern. Okay. Um... And his brother David Stern was a like cre- helped create The Simpsons.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, that has nothing to do with Groundhog Day, though. Except
0: for Chris, so Chris Elliott is not Daniel Stern, right. but you are certainly like not, not, the, not first. the first person okay. to, to have that problem. Interesting. Um, so we discussed both of them. We sort yes. of discuss. I think the the most interesting part of the discussion to me um, was your take on the movie as it relates to Andy McDowell.
1: I didn't like her.
0: Yeah,
1: her character. I, I don't. I apparently don't care for Andy McDowell.
0: Okay. What else have you seen her
1: in? Nothing. Okay. So based purely on this, okay. I apparently don't care for Andy McDowell. Okay. I didn't like. Her, I didn't care for her character. Yeah. She just such as didn't... it was
0: as such as they presented her with. Like... Yeah.
1: There, she was like there wasn't anything to her. Yeah. And I didn't like. There was nothing to me. To give any reason why he would become so obsessed with her, right, right. Because it's not like, I mean, it takes a really long time before they start having enough interactions for him to be like, "Oh wow, this chick is actually kind of cool." Prior to that, prior to like his, you know, 110 billionth replay, their only interactions have been her being chipper and him being. Surly. Snarky and, yeah. sn- and surly, yeah. Snurly. Snurly. So yeah, I just... <clears throat> the thing that really bothered me, though, is that the entire point of the movie seemed to be to make him play through this day over and over again until she fell in love with him. Right. Which is a dumb motivation. <clears throat> like in, a, in all of the writing workshops I've taken, the first thing that they tell you is even if you're writing a romance... The goals of your characters cannot be to get together. Okay. Like, you can't have a story about a girl who wants to date this guy who happens to be, like, where her only goal is to go out with this guy. Hmm. Good good romantic comedies, each character has their own separate goals. Like, let's look at uh, You've Got Mail. Right. Her goal is keep her bookstore. Right. His goal is get rid of her bookstore so his can take over. Yeah. Or, or it's at least who cares about... His goal is at least who cares about her bookstore. Right. It's been a long time since I've seen You've you Got Mail.
0: That's roughly it.
1: I don't know why that's the one that popped into my head here. It is um, interesting. Considering that I've only seen it a handful of times and it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. But if the goal was all about them like meeting each... You know, I met this guy online. Yeah. I want to meet him. He right. seems really cool. I want to go out with him. Yeah. That's a really shitty goal from a storytelling perspective.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm now thinking of, of movies that I'm worried are guilty of. this. The first thing I think of is Pride and Prejudice, which feels to me like that's... If, if it's not that, the, out, the argument against Pride and Prejudice falling into that is that she doesn't want to date that dude. I'm going based strictly on um, Bridget Jones's Diary and Pride right. and Prejudice and Zombies.
1: Right. So Pride and Prejudice, I think, falls into a slightly different category because her goal... Like, the goal of an eligible young woman in that time would have been to get married. And
0: it was sort of satire, And if too. you like
1: the guy, that's a bonus. Right. And Bridget was- Jones's Diary is interesting because her goal was find a boyfriend. Right. But I think... Her goal of find a boyfriend and kind of become a better person. Yeah. And her goal was not specifically find that boyfriend. Yeah. Like her goal was, her romantic goal was Hugh Grant. Right. She ended up. Not with Hugh Grant. Right. I, like, lost my train of thought halfway right. through. Did you, like, did you see me, like, fall asleep there for a I second? I was like,
0: oh, my God, this is going to be, like, <laughs>
1: nope. like
0: bulldozer of a point.
1: <laughs> nope. You're gonna be I... like,
0: and it turns out she's a pirate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not at all.
0: Pride and prejudice.
1: But, yeah, so in, like, if you really look at, like, all of, like, the really good romantic comedies, yeah. there's a goal other than, so, like, okay, while you were sleeping is a good one. Okay. because on the surface her goal is she sees peter gallagher right and falls in love at first sight yeah but really her goal is to go to florence italy
0: oh interesting it's been a long time
1: it's i mean she references it very briefly at the beginning she's like you know we used to look at my dad and i used to look at the globe and you know we always said that we'd go to florence and it never happened interesting and then the whole movie happens and at the very mm-hmm. end She and Bill Pullman, spoilers for while you were sleeping, she and Bill Pullman get married and he takes her to Florence on their honeymoon. So now. And his goal was to get out of his dad's business and start his own business. Right. Which he is actively pursuing throughout the movie.
0: Right. So now, serendipity. Did you see it?
1: I saw it once with you. Oh, really? And I did not care for it.
0: I mean, John Cusack is in it, so no one's surprised there. Um,
1: No, I love John Cusack. What? I love John Cusack. Is this news to you?
0: Wait. It's only because you hate High Fidelity so much that I The think... only
1: reason I've tried to watch High Fidelity multiple times is because I love John Cusack. Okay. I adore John Cusack. Here's here's with what's... the exception of, <laughs> of High Fidelity, High Fidelity and Serendipity to and have
0: probably Probably my favorite two John Cusack movies. Well, and
1: my issues are not with his performance at all. Yeah. My issue, I mean, we know my issues with High Fidelity. My yeah. issue with Serendipity is just that everything just seemed more like coincidence than Serendipity.
0: Well, Serendipity is the name of the of the restaurant, too. Yeah. So, I think...
1: I just, I I thought, I remember watching it in high school, and I was like, that was kind of dumb.
0: College. Maybe college. Yeah. It came up I remember we saw it as a as a preview for for college like in college they you know like how the theater on campus would be like, yeah, this yeah. is coming out soon. you hot new college kids need to see this so you can be like this movie's awesome
1: I definitely watched it with you because I very vividly remember me not liking it, and you did like it two more minutes
0: two more minutes um my thing though is um. And by the way, we're, we're sort of touching on, the, on that discussion we had on the, on the Facebook group, unabashedly obsessed with unabashedly obsessed about movies that don't hold up if you watch them later in life. Yeah. Because I think I would think the same thing about Serendipity. Cause, okay. Because Serendipity, to me, is, hey, what if we wrote a romance or a rom-com that was literally just dramatic irony, dramatic irony, dramatic irony, until the movie is over? Right. Right. And I liked it because he got the girl. Spoilers, but I think it would drive me maybe nuts now, or I'd or I'd still like it. See, I, I'm still torn on this whole issue.
1: That's that was the one with Kate Beckinsale, mm-hmm. and like she writes her number in a copy of Love in the Time of Cholera, mm-hmm.
0: and he writes his number on a five dollar bill
1: that he pays that for with. Was there?
0: And John Favreau was, was there his a scene friend with gloves.
1: Yep. Okay. He. Yeah, I definitely saw yeah. that movie.
0: Yeah, it's. But what? But to your point, it feels like the only motivation in that movie... I mean, like, it becomes sort of a larger quest sort of deal. Yes. But, I mean, you know, the Princess Bride is sort of the same. Like, it's a big quest to reunite these two people. Right. There's not really, like... Like, Wesley's motivation is never, like, I want to be the head of this pirate program.
1: Right. Wesley's motivation... The pirate program? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's like an internship? Yeah. Internship?
1: Be- oh, nice. All right. So, anyways,
0: yeah. we're having fun.
1: Yeah, Wesley... <laughs> One of us is. <laughs> Wesley's um, motivation is to find his long-lost love. Right. Which is the same thing we- in Seven Dividing. Right. Which is not the same as their motivation is, I want to date this person. I think... Or I want to start a re- like. Well, like, a lot of the writing workshops that I've taken have been with like romance writers. Yeah. Because that is what I read. That is what I write. Sure. And so it makes sense that they really hammer that point home in romance. Because if your book is just pretty girl meets pretty boy and they want to get together and they do. Yeah. I mean, you wrote a ten cent Harlequin. Right. And that's great. You're still going to make money and get your book published. Yeah. But it's kind of just a... Like there, there's no substance to it.
0: I wonder if there are two paths to take. One path being, um, if there is a romance to be had, if if the romance is a large part of your book, have the characters start off with a different motivation, like what you're describing. Yes. The other path is, if you're if you want your characters' motivation to be to get together, make fill their path with obstacles. Correct. So like serendipity, princess bride. Um this is this is certainly a third example that I would I don't know where I came up with it. Do you know the movie Trojan War? No. Let me tell you the plot of Trojan War. Um one of the guys that was on Boy Meets World, Hair.
1: Was this the one about
0: he needs to get a condom. A condoms, mm-hmm. yes.
1: It was the older brother from...
0: Yeah, a Lawrence. I believe it was a Lawrence, a Lawrence brother.
1: No, his name was Will something and it wasn't Lawrence.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, Will Lawrence. I'm just joking.
1: There was a Lawrence who was on Boy Meets World. He was the older brother's roommate. Joe, not... It wasn't Joey Lawrence. It was the other one. Was on... Matthew Boy- Lawrence. Matthew... Matthew Lawrence? I think so. I'm pretty, I think he was. I think he was like, like Corey and Eric moved in together at one point. Eric being the older brother. Yes. And he was like their third roommate for a while.
0: I think it was Eric from, from Boy Meets World.
1: And it's driving me, somebody's yelling at the podcast right now. And
0: I'm pretty sure it was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay. I could be wrong about that. I
1: haven't seen it. I remember the movie about the entire plot was he needs to get a condom. He
0: needs to get a condom and stuff keeps getting in his way and that's it but and I'm not saying believe me I'm not being it like
1: it sounds like a movie you and I write this classic
0: <laughs> movie can only wait. Is sort of the same no, yeah. kind of well, well no his motivation is to get Jennifer Love Hewitt like to tell her he loves her right and then stuff keeps getting in, the, in his way so yeah. I guess we could call that same but like that kind of thing where it's like either have the motivation like are you going to divert the audience's attention away by having other motivations right. or by having obstacles right so.
1: And I think in Can't Hardly Wait, the reason that movie is so good is because all of the B characters yes. are so good. Well, like, th- frankly, yeah. you don't really care that much about Preston and what's-her-butt. Ooh. I care about him, but not so much about, like, I don't know. I, uh, frankly, I didn't really care if they ended up getting together at the end or not. Okay. I liked him as a character and I wanted him to be happy. Yeah. But if he had discovered that he was not actually in love with her. Right. Or that he was actually in love with his best friend whose name I can't remember.
0: The red-haired lady. The red
1: girl. Yeah. That would have been fine with me. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. But I didn't... But, like, Seth Green and Jenna Elfman and, like, all those other really good characters it's a
0: rich world yes which i think is why like is is one of the reasons i like pitch perfect so much is that you have this thing and then like the world is so crafted yeah transition um slash uh segue that's what that's the word that's the word the next topic that we lost um um, let me get the timer the Doctor Who Christmas Special. Oh my God! So, um, first of all, uh, speaking of bu- not building a world, really, um, this did this is this was placed into a universe that is expansive and Doctor Who and like huge and lovely, and then a smaller microcosm, New York City, and like all the things that happened there, mm-hmm. and it did it did nothing with it. Yeah. It did. It didn't. It did nothing.
1: Yeah. Neither of us cared for. It had some really good, mo- like, individual moments, mm-hmm. but on the whole, that episode was not good for for what we enjoy out of right. Doctor Who.
0: Um, I think our points. My my main point is when Doctor Who tries to like play an, an American game. Yes. It doesn't work. Correct. Especially when they try and play in an American game with non-Americans.
1: I just, I'm sorry, I just had a thought. Yeah. Isn't he not able to go back to New York anymore? Well. I think we're talking about this now.
0: He, yeah, or else he gets like, the TARDIS can't go there anymore. Or is it that is it just that time? Is it just within the life lifespans of Rory and, and and Amy? Amy, I was like Karen, Karen, no, Gillen, no.
1: <laughs> Whereas, and I was like Lorelai, Emily, no, nope, <laughs> no, nope, totally wrong show.
0: Is it just because I don't
1: know? I never understood why he couldn't go oh, right back
0: everything's legal in jersey so he could start in jersey and just well take yeah it because that own. had
1: always been my point is park the tardis in pittsburgh yeah. and just hop a train right like most people
0: but for, but assuming that there is some sort of ball over over new york city for doctor who a doctor who shaped ball that he can't he keeps
1: you me for the doctor
0: boom what
1: For the Doctor. doctor. What did I say? You said Doctor Who. Oh,
0: sorry. For the character Doctor Who. (laughs) um, I hate
1: to be that person.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. But you were being that person. The DR period. Um,
1: The DR period who.
0: The DRHU. Yeah. Drew who. Um, Let's assume that the Doctor is... We'll we'll assume that, that that bubble is over New York City. Right. There certainly was a bubble over New York City... Like, there's a bubble over him entering New York City in any way. Right. But I, I guess I guess we have to go with it disappeared when they died. So, like, he could go to... Or
1: when he regenerated?
0: Or when he... Well, maybe, but then why wouldn't he go back as a regenerated person? Yeah, I don't know. I, it has to be that he could go to New York before they were there. Right. Or after they died, but, but not... So
1: after, because they went back to the 40s or whatever. Yeah. And so presumably, they would probably, so so after they had gone back to the 40s and then grown old and died, he could suddenly... Right, the next I still day... I don't remember why, and you've explained this to me so many times, and this is one of the things that I hate about Doctor Who, I don't understand why he can't go back.
0: I think then the <laughs> angels get him?
1: Yeah. That... I love the Weeping Angels storylines. I really do. Um, but they make my head hurt because I don't understand. I them. like.
0: I like. I like. I think I like exactly one angel. Well, Weeping yeah. Angel storyline. The
1: one that you and I created. <laughs> well, yeah. All right.
0: Fine. Two. Um. I like. Um. Blink. Blink. And then the one we created about the first angel. Yeah.
1: Angels take Manhattan or whatever that was called was really not.
0: That Star. one included a, a Statue of Liberty Angel. Uh-huh. So.
1: Yeah, that was a thing that yeah. happened. It imagine.
0: did have River Song, so like. It did. I liked that. But, anyways. It,
1: Assuming he somehow manages. The, the clearly day af- he somehow manages to get back to New York because that's when this Christmas special, or where this Christmas special takes place. The
0: day after Amy and Rory died, Doctor Who gets to show up back in New York and he tricks the kid into thinking. Oh, no. A kid mistakes him for Santa Claus. Yes. He corrects the kid that he's a doctor and then hands him a pill-shaped object. And And the the kid kid
1: who has a cough thinks that it's cough medicine. Yeah. And swallows it. Lo and behold, it was not a pill or a cough drop. It gives him superpowers.
0: It's it's a wish crystal
1: or something? Yeah, it's like a wish gem or something. And so it gives him his greatest wish, which, because he's like a seven-year-old boy... Is to be a superhero,
0: man. Isn't it? Isn't it fortunate that it wasn't like it, it was to be like a, a a vicious cannibalistic warlord?
1: It's pretty lucky. I'm sure that we'll see that episode at Although, some point.
0: That episode sounds way better. Right?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> the main problem is that this whole episode to us felt like what we imagine British people think Americans, dumb Americans, want out of a superhero movie.
0: Right. It's a. It's a British. It's British people try and do American superheroes when what they should be doing is British people. Like Doctor Who, he's not. I, I think I made the point in the in the episode that we lost that he's like the anti superhero. Yeah, that doesn't really hold up. He's something else. Yeah, and and it and that and they should stick to that. Not yeah. like don't play in our in our court, but like you don't need to like have a British actress like fake a uh, sultry Jessica Rabbit fem but like not fem damsel in distress voice
1: especially when it doesn't like it's not it yeah. it made no sense yeah. for her to be doing that
0: yeah and it was clear yeah it was clear that she was that that was what was going on yeah um and it was it was it was it was way over it was like an 80s superhero movie like yeah. where it was like overacted, like, we need to match Adam West for his overacting. maybe
1: that's what they were, maybe they were trying to do that on purpose, but they set it in this, I don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe the actors were going for 80s overacting, but the whole tone of the show didn't match that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I feel like Doctor Who is an expansive enough universe. Yeah. A little bit of like just, you know, play ball in your own court. Sure. Like, you do this thing and there's so much that you can do with it. Yeah. Leave the superheroes to the superhero guys.
0: And if it had been an original superhero, like, I mean, it was an original superhero in name.
1: But it was Superman.
0: It was Superman and kind of Spider-Man and and also kind of Batman. Yeah. But they they name-checked in the first two minutes Batman and Superman and Spider-Man. Yeah. So... In our heads, we were comparing, well, at least I was, like, I was seeing all the ways in which the ghost was not Superman or Spider-Man or Batman. Right. Um, And I think that was another problem. Like, if they'd come up with an original superhero that was like, I'm this guy and whatever, or like, had me feel like they were in some way in on a joke. Yeah. That would have been different, but they, they didn't, I didn't feel that way at all.
1: Yes, If it had, if they had made it feel like... Like it was making fun of itself, right? It would have worked, yes. But instead, it seemed to take itself too seriously, yes. and so it didn't.
0: It would be like, yeah, it, it would be like setting. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. Like it's like they took the cheesiest of 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 superhero actings and threw them into the darkest of superhero settings. Yeah, and expected that to work.
1: And it, and it for us did not. It
0: didn't for us. It did not. Highlights, Doctor Who uh, saying bringing a snack while you're eavesdropping is the mark of a pro. Uh Uh-huh. And I want to say Nardole, is that the guy's name?
1: Nardole? Yeah. Yeah. Um, He was fantastic. He
0: was fantastic. That guy's name is Matt something, and he was in Bridesmaids with Rebel Wilson Mm -hmm. in roles that I, to this day, don't understand their inclusion in Bridesmaids. (laughs) Yep. But they have both redeemed themselves as being weird but I get it, yeah. So I, I actually might—I I think I need to watch *Bridesmaids* again, because there are there are worlds in which I can handle Melissa McCarthy going overboard, and I can handle Rebel Wilson and Matt something being in it for some reason, <laughs> and I can handle just so much poop, so, so much, so much poop. poop, and that I can I can because there are parts that I loved that like like it's sort of like the puke in *Pitch Perfect*, like. All right, that's ridiculous. Why is that there? Right. We don't need that. But that happens at the beginning and end, right? As opposed to sprinkled throughout. Yeah. Um, but Nardole saying um, it's not, uh, hello, the ghost, like adding <laughs> the the into the guy's name.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Peter Peter Capaldi was great in that. I just I I, I love him. He's great. I really really love him as the Doctor. He's
0: great. He's great. He. Um, yeah. I think there's nothing more to say about that. Yep. Four three. Two One
1: Next topic Next
0: topic And the final topic And the topic for which We are going to um, Adhere closest to the 10 minutes The Zero Escape series
1: Right So So. (laughs) These video games
0: (laughs) But just let's start off 10 minutes is not nearly enough To talk about these video games In any way that is more than Scratching the surface
1: Right So I like puzzle games And I like games with a good story Yes Yes like escape the room type puzzle games yeah. are my jam. Mm-hmm. And so when Griffin tweeted something about this series, I looked into it and I thought, huh, that looks really interesting. So I started with 999, yes. nine persons, nine hours, nine doors, or some combination thereof. Right. Which, at his recommendation, I did the iPad visual novel version. Right. And that basically plays through like a choose your own adventure. Right. There are no puzzles in that right. one. The DS game has puzzles, but then you can't skip ahead to not have to rewatch stuff you've already watched. Right. So the basic... I'm going to give a real basic plot of that. Uh Uh-huh. You're you're playing as this character named Junpei. It's a Japanese game. You're playing as this character named Junpei. You wake up trapped in a room and have to figure out how to get out. Yes. This voice over an intercom says, Hey, I'm Zero. I've kidnapped you. Get out. Right. You manage to get out of the room and make your way to... You find, you're on a ship, a very Titanic-esque ship. You make your way to the grand hall where Jack place? and Rose met each uh-huh, other, that and with, with yeah. the big mm-hmm. and it is actually with the big staircase yeah. and all. And meet up with this other, like a bunch of other people. You realize that you're all wearing these bracelets that all have different numbers on them. And zero tells you that you have to. You can only escape by using your bracelets. To open the doors and solve all the puzzles to get out of this place that you've been trapped in. Right. And the numbers on the bracelets have to add up to 9. And so that is, and that's like, if you've got bracelets 9 and 3, that adds up to 12, which 1 plus 2 is... Three. Right. So you have to
0: So so nine and three and six could go through a door because they are to know
1: correct. Three people have to go through at a time. Or no, I'm sorry, three bracelets have to go through at a time. So if somebody dies and their bracelet is removed, you can take their bracelet. Okay. But it requires three bracelets to open the doors, go through them and not get exploded. Right. You can open the doors and go through them, but if there are not three bracelets inside that door after 9 seconds when it closes, everyone trapped in that room will die.
0: Okay. From exploding.
1: From exploding. So, fast forward all the way to the end, you find out one of the other people is this girl Akane, who turned, Junpei recognizes her as like his childhood best friend. Right. You come to learn that she has been tra- that she was kidnapped 9 years ago as part of this experiment to see how sibling sets access the morphogenetic field which is essentially telepathy
0: yeah are sort kid- of like the fo- like it's sort of like the force or like yes like yeah
1: so two so nine sibling sets were kidnapped and separated into identical facilities where they have to use this t- this morphogenetic field to communicate with one another to all escape right. properly. Right. And it turns out Akane was one of them. She died.
0: She was the one that lost the game. She was
1: the one who died. She was burned up in an incinerator. Right. And so Akane, from like nine-year-old Akane from the past, yeah. is using the morphogenetic field to contact her now college-aged childhood best friend Junpei so that he can solve the puzzle to unlock and tell her basically what the Sudoku puzzle is that will unlock the incinerator. So that she can unlock the incinerator. So And so she and her brother have orchestrated this entire nonary game, is what they call it, to get Junpei to save her life in the past. Right. Second game... Very similar type of thing, but you're playing as a guy named Sigma. Right. Junpei's there, but he's an old man. Right. And he's going by his last name, Tenmyoji. There's, I don't know how we're doing on time, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens, and essentially it comes down you're to halfway. halfway. Okay, so it essentially comes down to they are Akane, who is now an old woman has orchestrated yet another round of the nunnery game. She loves playing
0: games.
1: Yeah, this one they call the AB game because you have ambidex bracelets and you have to play the ambidex game where you essentially have to choose if you're going to ally with your opponent or betray them.
0: And that's also why it's AB too.
1: Yes, also why, yes. So at the very end you find out Uh, Again, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. You have to play through all the different storylines. Right. At the very end of the game, when you've accessed all the different storylines, you come to find out that not only do you... You're playing as Sigma, a 22-year-old man. Or are you?
0: Oh, are you? Oh, You are
1: playing as Sigma's 22-year-old body with his 67-year-old consciousness in it. Because his consciousness switched places. Right. So... At the time of this game, his 67-year-old consciousness is in his 22-year-old body. His 22-year-old consciousness is in his 67-year-old body. Okay. And so you find out, like, he looks in a pool of water and realizes, dude, I'm freaking old, and I have robot arms and a cybernetic eye, Yeah. which is a whole other thing that comes into play in the third game. Right. But it all comes out that...
0: Similar to the first one...
1: Similar to the first one, Akane is basically time-jumping, like, so that she's trying... A nuclear explosion happened that killed off a good portion of Earth, and also there was this virus, and so she's trying... I don't even remember.
0: (laughs) So, like, in all three of these games, this girl Akane is basically, like, outsourcing her quantum leap. Mm Mm-hmm. Um she's getting other people to put right what once went wrong right. after the fact yes um and so in this one in the second one she needs to, i think basically she needs them to get through the ab game to uncover her yes so that she and and junpei and and phi and phi can all no, go sigma oh, she, and she and sigma, sigma and phi
1: who is the when sigma first wakes up he's trapped in a room with this girl named Phi.
0: right um so that they can go back and prevent the antimatter nuclear destruction war thing right which is the third game which is
1: the third game which takes place in so the first game takes place in like 20 like i I had my 2022 I I, i think i maybe threw that away um yeah, it takes place in like roughly contemporary ish time, slightly in the future from now. Right. The second game takes place in like 2074 or something. Right. And the third game takes place in 2034. Right. Phi traveled from 2034 to 2074 but maintained her youthful self and appearance because she was cryogenically frozen for all those years. Right. So in game two, which is called Virtue's Last Reward, she is young. Right. Because she's been cryogenically frozen. Right. In game three, we see Phi again looking exactly the same prior to her being cryogenically frozen and sent into the future. Right. Sigma is also there. Yes. His 67-year-old consciousness in his 22-year-old body. Right. Akane is there. Junpei is there. Yeah. He's real pissed at her.
0: All your friends.
1: All your friends, plus a couple others, including a weird kid... Oh, right. ...who appears to have this helmet thing, but then it turns out that's actually just his head because he's a robot. Right. These games are so batshit bonkers, and they're really, really good. But my favorite part of the third game is there's... So there's all these different timelines. This choose-your-own-adventure thing, there's, like, all these timelines, and the consciousnesses of these characters can access other timelines. So if Junpei kills Akane in one timeline, in another timeline, he has memories of the timeline where he killed Akane.
0: Does Akane have memories of being killed? Yes. Okay. That sucks.
1: But not always... Like, it's depending on where you are in the flowchart right. at any given scene that you're playing, right. sometimes people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ugh, like, right. There's a scene, there's a bunch of stuff in the AB game where, in uh, the second game, where somebody will say, well, I had to choose Betray because last time you chose Betray and if right. I chose Ally, then I was going to lose points and die.
0: So it's sort of like everyone is constantly having that thing in Time Traveler's Wife where they don't remember who you are and then all of a sudden they're and back then in and all of a sudden
1: they're back in there yeah. yes so in the third game my favorite thing <clears throat> that happens there's a timeline where the only survivors yes are Sigma Diana right and Akane right Akane escapes and leaves Sigma and Diana trapped in this facility with this door that will never open again they get it on and she gets pregnant with twins right That She has the twins. They realize that they're going to die there. Right. But they want better for their babies. So they put their babies into this handy-dandy transporter machine that they happen to have. Right. And send the babies to a random time. Because Sigma doesn't know how the machine works. So he just punches some buttons and hopes for the best. Right. So the babies are boy-girl twins. Yes. They name the boy Delta. Yes. And they name the girl Phi. (gasps) After their friend who died... Her son. Who is the baby? Right. So they river riversonged it. Right. And that is my favorite part. I like that part. Just, just because, like, I love the. the I, I don't. I have no idea if these game makers are Doctor Who fans and if they knew they were river riversonging it. Right. But I love that they were. And or then, if that's
0: a pre. If that's some other. Yeah, thing if, that both. That both. Exactly.
1: You know. Yeah, but I love it. the The games were really, really good. Now we've pretty much spoiled.
0: But are they the still plot? worth? Playing?
1: I think they definitely are, especially if you p- are playing it more for the puzzle game. Right. And for like the weird, bonkers, different timelines thing. Or not- if like
0: you like women that are wearing almost no clothes at all.
1: Oh my god, there's so many boobs. So, but like.
0: Puzzle games, uh huh. Time travel, uh
1: huh. Boobs. Boobs. If you like any combination of those things, right. Then the Zero Escape series is for you. So,
0: 999.
1: Yes, which. It's not as much fun to play it on the iPad because you don't get the puzzles. Okay. But I think given how long it is having and how many times you have to go back and replay the same scenes, yeah. to get to choose a different door where you have to play through the whole scene where they talk about the doors. Right. And then you choose door B instead of door A. I think it's worth doing the visual novel on okay. the iPad just so you don't have to sit through all that multiple times.
0: Okay, so first one is 999. Uh, yes. second one is Virtue's, virtue's Last, last reward. reward. And the third one is... Zero Time Dilemma. Zero Time Dilemma. Yes. Um, okay, so those are the three games. I have uh, just a couple of questions. Uh-huh. Would you rather... Oh, God. <laughs> ...be your 22-year-old body in a 67-year-old mind or vice versa?
1: I think I would rather have my aged consciousness uh-huh. in a spry and youthful body.
0: Because you can be like an old soul, and you would be like, you have no idea, wink.
1: A pretty, yeah. Okay. Plus, you're more likely to get laid. Right. I mean, since poor Sigma in Virtue's Last Reward spends a lot of time hitting on the girls, and they're all like, ew, stop being creepy. Because he's a creepy old man. Hey, like,
0: why are they treating me like I'm a creepy 67-year-old man? Well,
1: and, Mirror. I, oh, and no. I kept wondering, I'm like, why are they acting like he's being a super creeper? He's like a good-looking 22-year-old dude.
0: Yeah. Nope. Nope. Um He's
1: like mostly robot at that point.
0: <laughs> I asked you in the previous one, would you read uh you would read fan fiction about Phi. Fi.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure there is some, and yeah. I thank you for reminding yeah. me that I need to go find it. And then And if there isn't some, I need to write it.
0: Movie would you prefer you said you'd prefer animated or live action?
1: I think I would prefer live action.
0: Okay.
1: I could see it working as like A mini series, okay, with like with each of the games, like each of the three games being like two to three two-hour episodes. Yeah, okay, I could see that working. Okay, as long as James Franco doesn't go anywhere near it. Right. All right, that's kind of a basic (laughs) like rule of thumb for me, anyway. (laughs) So I feel like I got real manic talking about those games. I, I was think trying weren't. to fit it all in, and now I'm like coming down from the high, yeah. and I'm like, oh man.
0: Um, well, while you come down from the high, um, that's good. That's all. That's all the five episodes that we can remember that we lost. Yes. Um, I think that's it.
1: I think so.
0: Um, I w- I just wanted to talk about uh, someone who, um, who wrote on our uh, who commented on our Newsies uh, post on yes. the, on the blog. Um, I believe her name was Meg. Uh, she goes by MPH Adventure Girl, um, and actually, I bet if I click on her name, it would tell me Meg's uh, Daily MegsDailyMusings.wordpress.com. She talks about uh, musicals, like okay. lot, Like she has, she did a list I saw where it was like my favorite older characters in musicals, my uh, favorite younger characters in musicals. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so she said I saw Newsies last August with my family. The dancing was mind blowing. Characters were memorable, and the storyline was incredible. I love Newsies, and has become. I I think, I love that Newsies, how I read this originally, which is how I think she meant it, I love that Newsies has become a meaningful musical. Yes. So I, I asked her, had you never seen the movie before? Because that, doesn't that to you say, like, I just discovered this yeah. and, and I'm, I'm, I love it? Yeah. Well, she hadn't. She oh. said, I never saw the movie. I first discovered Newsies through Pandora in, like, 2015 or 2014, so it was a very new story for me. I love the touring production. I love the intimate relationship between Crutchy and Jack. We talked about that, right? And love the relationship between all the newsies. Even even love the romance between Jack and ha- and Catherine, right. which I, ha- I have to admit, as wishy washy as Catherine was, I thought that their scenes together were very nice.
1: It was a much better relationship than the relationship in the movie, yes, which was with a wet dish rag,
0: right? Exactly, a
1: very pretty, wet super dish pretty
0: rag. wet dish rag,
1: but a wet dish rag. Um,
0: the flips, the jumping over each other and sliding each other, dancing on newspapers was just mind-blowing. I can totally understand why Newsies won Best Choreography. I love Newsies so much that I ended up getting the original Broadway soundtrack.
1: She needs to see the movie and report back, which I imagine is what you told me.
0: My comment was very interesting. Yeah, the friendship between Jackie, Jack and Crutchie was one of my favorite parts. It would be interesting to hear what you think of the movie, having seen the musical first. Want to be our intrepid explorer and give it a shot? And she has not written back, so I don't oh, know. Okay. The time will still tell. I'll give you updates as as they as they arrive. Okay. Um. But so that was sort of cool to to see some comments on the, on the blog.
1: Yeah, that's why I do all those ridiculous tags yeah. on the blog because I'm like, I don't know, I've, newsies. Maybe somebody will stumble upon us. I'm like, let's get more listeners. Perhaps somebody will stumble upon us if I post things like McElroy. Yeah. Podcast.
0: Podcast. Newsies.
1: Podcasts. Stephen King. Right. Time travel. I'm kind of surprised we haven't had more people stumble upon us because of the time travel tag. Yeah, I Maybe wonder they if, do, and they're like, oh, this is a podcast. This is not... I was expecting a, a written something.
0: Right. I wonder if Meg has listened to us.
1: I don't know. It um, would so, be interesting.
0: So you, if you want to comment on, on, on the blog post, you can go to unabashedlyobsessed.wordpress.com. For now. For now. Um, if you'd like to join the Facebook group, which is probably the best way to interact with us other than yelling at your uh, speakers,
1: which is, which not is really the number a, one. Which is not really an effective way of interacting with us. Um,
0: Yeah. If, yeah. If, if you want the most effective way, you could join our Facebook group, which is Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed.
1: Alternatively, you can follow us on Twitter. Yes. At UFO Podcast does not post super often.
0: Other than new episodes. Right. Yeah.
1: But you can certainly tweet at them, and when I remember to check it, Yep. Or when James remembers to check it, yep. we will respond at you. Tweet us individually at unabashedly Aaron and at unabashed James.
0: Yep. If you'd like to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us um, on any podcast, um, any of the big ones at least, uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Rate, Google Radio Play, Google Play.
1: Thought you were going to say Google Rates, and I'm like, not a thing. <laughs> Actually, it probably is a thing.
0: Google Rates. Google Rates. Like
1: I'm sure it's like
0: okay. a Yelp sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, you can do that. Um, if you'd like to give us a five star rating, that would be awesome. It super would be. If you would rather, if you're, if there's something that's that's really sticking in your craw about this episode or or this podcast in general, um, and you you're feeling like I'm not really feeling the five star rating, hit us up uh, an email at unabashedlyobsessed at gmail dot com and let's just talk it out. Let's figure out what's going on, how we can make it better. How we can we can figure things out so that you can feel good about um, getting a five-star rating to us, and we can feel good about having earned that five-star rating right. and sort of bumped up that extra star or yeah. two. Ugh. Anyways. Um, I'm kind
1: of assuming that if anybody has listened to enough of us, but wants to give us fewer than four stars, like... That would be weird. Yeah, that would be weird. Like, if I am not feeling a podcast enough to give them four or five stars, I don't continue listening to them. That's fair.
0: That's fair. Um, But I think that's going to do it. Do you have anything
1: else that you wanted to say? Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song, Did You Guys Know There Was a Ladder Down Here?
0: As always and as ever.
1: And thank you to Emily Cardamus for our art.
0: Yes. Which
1: is very exciting and may or may not be an iTunes when you guys listen to this,
0: it'll be a surprise.
1: Um, I talked to Leon, and he was like, "Yeah, we changed that like on the RSS f- feed, and it just like I don't know if it's even updated in iTunes yet." I'm like, "Oh no, it is. That's yeah. why I asked you how you changed yeah.
0: it." Yeah, um, you can follow Emily at uh, at Corrupted Gem. Is probably yes. the best way to
1: at Corrupted Gem on Twitter.
0: Um, she does a lot of of related uh, fan art, and also she has a a comic that I I'm steamed.
1: Steamed vegetables? Steamed Steam veggies? veggies? Steam I think that's veggies. what it is. Yeah.
0: Which is is great. Like, I love how her personality shines through in mm-hmm. her art. Yeah. Um, even in, like, the art she did for us, I feel yes. like I'm seeing it through her eyes. It's yeah. so cool. Um, but I think that's going to do it. I
1: think so. Um,
0: thank you for enjoying what I'm thinking of as the Lost Episode Slideshow. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> sort of like, next slide. Yeah. Um, and this, so this has been Unabashedly Obsessed. We'll probably be back um, with a, sort of like more of a one-topic thing yeah. next week. And I think I know what it's going to be. Oh, do you? And I think it's going to be something that comes out on Thursday. Yeah! Um, because I already we could already do an episode on that now. Yeah. And we've only seen but we'll, us. But we'll yeah. wait. Yeah, we'll wait. Um, but, uh, so yeah, uh, this has been Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Erin. Guys, smoking kills. And so do pennies.